This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Rays Radio Network. A one-two pitch. He popped him up into left field. It is playable. A Rosarena to his left. And for the fourth consecutive year, the Rays will return to the postseason as they've done every year since 2019. Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. Get a deep breath for Jason as he comes set. Now the pitch. Swing and a ground ball is short. Wander has it, goes to the bag out. Throws the first, double play! It's a double play! And Jason Adam comes in with a bases loaded, nobody out situation, and keeps it a scoreless game. Coming up, we sit down with Rays players, coaches, and front office executives to discuss the latest news in Rays baseball. Here are the voices of the Rays, Andy Freed and Dave Wills. It is, in fact, time to count down to baseball. The 25th anniversary season of the Tampa Bay Rays officially getting underway on March 30th at home for opening day against the Detroit Tigers. But we've got lots of things to do as we are counting down to that. With Dave Wills and later on with Neil Solon, I'm Andy Freed as we get you set for baseball, Rays-style 2023. And Dave, I couldn't be more excited. I know you feel the same way after uh, things ended rather prematurely against the Cleveland Guardians, but I think we're all ready to go. And as we'll be talking about with Kevin Cash and Brian Ald, if this team stays healthy, I think they're going to be good, but there might be 29 other teams to say that too. Yeah, and we're hoping that, uh, you know, again, uh, we, we acquired Zach Eflin. We'll talk to Kevin Cash about that a little bit later on in the show. But uh, we went into the offseason, especially after the way things went offensively in that series against the Guardians, thinking that this team needed to add offense, offense, and then some. And we didn't um, for whatever reason. I mean, there were some close calls. There were some close trades that did not happen. But at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, patience is a virtue, and the Rays have really displayed that over the years, and it's paid off more often than not. So they're not only hoping that a lot of their young guys are a year older, but also a year better. And then, as you said, hoping that uh, guys like Brandon Lau and Wander Franco are also going to be uh, a year healthier and give us a full year. Because uh, if we can get full years or close to it out of those two guys, I think your offense almost automatically gets a little bit better. And a full year from Jason Adam, and hopefully a full year from Pete Fairbanks at the back end of the bullpen. But a lot of what is focused on this team, as always, is pitching and we may not see as many openers we may see a one through five as good as any starting rotation in major league baseball this year yeah i mean when you, you talk you know it's a healthy tyler glass now shane mcclanahan coming off an all-star year uh zach efflin maybe mixed right in in that number three or four spot with drew rasmussen and then jeffrey springs doing what he's done these last few years and then you talk about the depth of uh you know a josh fleming or luis patino or some other guys that might be a triple a so excited as always about pitching uh, this team is going to be about uh, run prevention as well, and we'll be talking about some of the new rules that are going to be incorporated as well coming into this 2023 season. So we got a lot to talk about here in this show, and we better get going. We do. One other quick thing before break. This may be as competitive of an American League East as we've seen. It's year in my 19th year together, the 26th year technically season-wise for the Rays. I don't ever remember seeing the AL East better top to bottom as it is right now. 
Uh, it got a lot better last year with the uh, Orioles getting better, and I, I don't see the Orioles going anywhere. And I think the Red Sox are going to be better than a lot of people think. All right. With Dave Wills, I made the free. We are counting down to opening day for the Rays as they begin their 25th anniversary season. Later, we'll be joined by Rays team president Brian Ault to talk a lot about off-the-field stuff. But in just a moment, we'll be joined by Rays manager Kevin Cash, and we'll talk about the 2023 Rays right after this on Countdown to Opening Day on Rays Radio. Welcome back to the Rays Radio Countdown to Opening Day show, along with Andy Freed. I am Dave Wills. We are joined now by Rays manager Kevin Cash. Just a reminder, though, that single-game tickets for Rays spring training presented by Visit Tampa Bay are on sale now. To see the whole schedule and to purchase tickets, visit RaysBaseball.com slash spring. And as I said, the skipper of the Tampa Bay Rays, a team that has gone to the postseason four straight times now, uh, a franchise record joining us right now, Kevin Cash from Orlando, where we're getting spring training started. And Kevin, before we dive into how things are going and uh, how things have had to be uh, kind of shaken up a little bit because of Hurricane Ian and everything else that went on a few months ago, a quick reflection on 2022. You know, I've been reading more and more about the Rays looking back at 2022, and I don't know if it's the right verbiage, is disappointment. I mean, the team won 86 games. The team went to the postseason for the fourth straight time. The team dealt with some adversity that, uh, again, a lot of other teams haven't had to deal with as far as injuries to their star players, to the core players, and down the line, and yet still won 86 games. What's your reflection of the way 2022 went? Yeah, it's tough for me to wrap my head around disappointment when you get to the postseason. We know how challenging is uh, in our division um, and certainly the American League in general. So uh, I applaud the guys, proud of the way we competed. There's no doubt we had adversity. A lot of teams go through that or every team goes through that. But you look at some of our, our youth, um, uh, the experiences that we got and we were learning on the fly and somehow we we got in there. So Happy with that and looking to build off that moving forward. Those two games with Cleveland, to me, almost set a template of, of clarity of what this team needs to do. Pitching-wise, everything looks very, very good right now. Offensively, seems to be something that needs to be improved. Is that the way you see it as well? Yeah. I mean, look, we need some better fortune um, on with health. And I, right now we're healthy, so that's a good thing. But, yeah, it was no surprise, no secret that our offense um, didn't perform maybe to the uh, as a unit to the capabilities that we were hoping for. I do think that that maybe that was a, the final stat line was an exaggeration of us. Like to think that we'll be that much better with one more year seasoned of some young players. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, you know, there's that old saying, are they going to be a year older or a year better? And uh, I know that uh, one of the things that we, we talk a lot about this franchise's patience. I mean, uh, and we always say how the, 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 the fans have this level, Andy and Dave have this level, and then you get above and beyond, and, and the front office and yourself have had to show uh, some tremendous patience, and more often than not, it's paid off. And uh, I think that as you look ahead here to 2023, uh, there, there is some room for improvement, but there are guys, and I think that we all believe, uh, can achieve that with – Guys like Josh Lowe, Vidal Brujan, Taylor Walls. I mean, down the line. And then even, like you said, injury-free seasons for a guy like Wander Franco or Brandon Lau. And almost right then and there, your offense improves by leaps and bounds. Yeah, that, I mean, that, look, that's how I'm looking at it. I, I think it was a bit strange and at times throughout the season, head-scratching that we had so many young players that just didn't have the good fortune of coming up and having success at the plate. 
you'd like to see that trend in the in a better direction. And if we get Wander back and Bilal back, that, those those are huge offensive additions to us. One one guy hits the ball to the ballpark for a living, and one guy sprays it all over the field for a living. That can really lengthen out a lineup. You were saying uh, I was reading the articles <clears throat> in your initial press conference that. Uh, B-Lau has had no setbacks, knocking on wood uh, whatsoever with his back. We know that can be a really tough situation for a hitter. And in terms of Wander, you keep using the word flexibility. He's more flexible than he was before. Is that what the goals were for both of those guys heading in to try to prevent an injury? I, I think so. I mean, Bilal had more uh, rehab in the early part of his offseason of making sure that he was strengthening his core muscles and certainly the back muscles. Uh, and he has it. From January on, he's been full go, which is outstanding to hear. And Wander, I do think he took initiative of saying, like, I, I want to do everything I, I, I can to lean out and and, and put as less pressure on my, my muscles. I mean, the leg issues were no surprise. They came up and it hindered his performance. He tried to play through them, but I think he took the offseason saying, I am going to work on my flexibility and try to avoid, you know, some of those uh, strains that he witnessed with his groin and hamstring. With Andy Fried, I am Dave Wills. You are listening to our Countdown to Opening Day show. We're with manager, uh, Ray's manager, I should say, Kevin Cash, as we continue chatting with him for a little while. And, uh, you know, the, the other thing I try to remind some fans, too, is that, you know, we went into this offseason, people were saying we needed a bat. We didn't go out and get a bat. We got Zach Eflin. We'll talk more about him in just a little bit. But this is still, outside of a couple of guys who have moved on, obviously pretty important guys, Mike Zanino, Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, you know, Nelson Cruz was with us for the last few months of the 2021 season where the team won 100 games. But the core, a lot of the young guys that were part of a 100-win season are back and are with this team. So there's continuity. There's some guys who know what it takes to win 100 games. So maybe you didn't have to tweak and, and do a lot of things. And I think, again, that, pay, that, that the patience hopefully will pay off. Yeah, look, I hope that our, our thought and mindset is to use that to our advantage. Um, we've got a core group of players here that we are really excited about. We want to see them continue to, to grow together. Um, and, and there's no doubt the familiarity of each other, that, that can only help. Um, the, the year of experience that they got, that's going to help. So you're right. Zanino, certainly Kevin Kiermaier, wish both of them well, they are great people, great players, and meant a lot to our organization. Um, but now, you know, it's time for somebody else to get some of those opportunities, and good for them. I think we've got the right young players that can take advantage of it. I think since we're talking about offense and run production, uh, two of the rule changes are specifically geared to getting a little more offense. Uh, the shifting that the Rays have become famous for in the league uh, kind of has uh, all caught up with. You'll be seeing a lot less of that, if not none of that. And the bases being bigger might trigger some more speed and action on the bases. Is that how you view those things? That offense, I'm not going to see would be easier to come by, but it might be a little bit more of an action-style game. I think that's a thought process. And, and, and MLB applaud them. They listen to their fans or our fans, and, and that's what they wanted to see. So they're trying to make adjustments to the game. Uh, I like the fact that a lot of these rule changes on the offensive side uh, it's, it, you know, it's, it's about athleticism. We're lucky that we have a very athletic group. We got a lot of team speed, so it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out in this month of March. I'm glad that we have this opportunity to learn a lot about it. And, and, and it's kind of interesting because they're trying to incorporate these new rules during this month of March, 
while you're also sending a handful of players off to play in the WBC, which will not have the new rules uh, from what I understand. So, you know, it's that makes things even maybe a little more complicated, which then I think leads to my my question to you, Kevin, is that, boy, how nice was it to have a normal kind of quote-unquote normal offseason where you could communicate with the guys a little more often? I know last year, once December 1st came, you weren't able to talk to the guys, and I think that led to some of the things that maybe kind of, uh, you know, injuries, maybe a couple other things that uh, carried over to the 2022 season, but being able to keep track of these guys. I know that, you know, not only verbally on the phone and texting, but you went face-to-face with a few of the guys as well. I think that's going to go a long way uh, with this team as we approach the 2023 season as well. Yeah, and look, there's no doubt. It, it was more, much more normal offseason until you just reminded me of the 2021 season. I really had forgotten how awkward that was, but you always want to have the availability to pick up the phone and call somebody or shoot a text to somebody to check in. Um, it was a good off season for a lot of our players. Uh, you know, you try to give them their space, let them get through the holidays and then ramp it up after, you know, the first of the year. And our staff did a really good job of reaching out. Kyle Snyder is the best in the business at going and visiting pitchers. I mean, today's pitchers in our game, they come into spring training having already thrown a handful of bullpens and, Fortunately for us, Kyle's got to see a lot of them. So, uh, again, another thing that should help us out heading into this 23 season. Kevin, how much of of this spring training is about instruction in some ways for you? You've got three new coaches. You've got new rules for pitchers and batters. Batters to stay in the box, pitchers to deliver pitch within about 12 to 15 seconds. Different rules with regard to throwing over to bases. That's all new. And even just some other things that perhaps became an issue last year, base running issues for the Rays last year at times were important. Defense, is this a spring training of instruction for you and to get everybody wanted to kind of have the same message? Yeah, yes, I think that's a good point. Like it was probably, you know, on the flip side of that, I feel like a lot of our roster, we, we know if we're healthy, who we're breaking with. And that helps. So it does allow some time to the, the attention to detail on the rules. Uh, certainly want to help these coaches that are new, first-year coaches, get uh, up to speed and as comfortable as possible. And also the the, the three first-year coaches from the year before. Uh, there's a lot to – a lot of communication that will take place. We're all going to learn about the rules. I'm glad that we have a guy like Brady Williams that has managed in AAA and then has experienced these rules to for me to be able to lean on and pick his brain as different things come out throughout our games. How, how much of an adjustment is it going to be for you to get the signs out or to, to try and, you know, again, uh, there's 15 seconds between pitches. There's 20 seconds between pitches. There's only so many throws over the first base. What kind of adjustment do you think you need to make? make? And has Brady been a, a nice sounding board for something like that too? Yeah, he has. And, you know, generally in AAA, the manager is the guy coaching third base over there. So he just puts a sign on and time doesn't really matter that much. Sure. So it will be unique this year uh, with finding the right tempo um, and, and make sure that you're ultimately making the, the, the best decision you, you can at the time. Um, so having Brady trust him implicitly with what he's going to do at third base, how he's going to assist Rodney with our infielders, but my communication and decision-making Kyle and I in the dugout, it's got to be tweaked a little bit. We'll learn more, uh, once these games get underway. Kevin, when are you going to be without the guys that are going to the WBC? When do they leave? When do they come back? And then what opportunities does that open up for other guys while the more established big leaguers aren't there? Yeah, we're going to have a, a, a group that leaves on March 
second, I believe, because they're flying out to Japan, I think, or Korea, one of the two spots. And then we're going to have a group that leaves uh, between the sixth and the eighth, heading to Fort Myers to start their play there. And then obviously land in Miami uh, where the tournament starts. Um, it's, it is going to present opportunities for guys to get some reps that maybe they wouldn't get that deep into spring. Saying that, we've got some guys going that that w- we want to see. So we'll try to balance it. We'll do right by them by getting them ramped up to where they are as timed up at the plate as possible um, to go compete for the country. I'm excited personally to watch that. Uh, obviously, our bench coach, Rodney Linares, is managing for the Dominican team. Um, it's good for baseball. And you, you, the banter has already started amongst our clubhouse. We continue our conversation with Rays manager Kevin Cash. I'm Dave Wills, along with Andy Freed, as we uh, are bringing you our countdown to opening day show here on the Rays Baseball Network. And, uh, you know, I, I did a thing with uh, Peter Bendix uh, about a week ago. And, you know, again, a lot of people are talking about what the Rays didn't go out and get as far as offense uh, for the upcoming season. But Peter uh, said to me and he said to the crowd, he said, you know what, he's been here since 2009. He's looking at this team. He saw a team that went to the World Series in 08 from the outside, went to the World Series in 2020. He seems to think that from 1 to 40, this might be the thickest raised team he's been a part of. Now, obviously, our pitching has a lot of thickness. But as I started to see, again, uh, from the depth that we're trying to acquire and bringing onto this team, do you feel that same way, that 1 to 40, this might be about as thick of a baseball team that uh, the Rays have had? I hope so. <laughs> you know, I, I think with, with- – Pete would know better than me. Um, I think this is a chance to be a very talented team. We've learned over the last five, six, seven years how important our depth is and really commend those guys that that go out and work so hard in the offseason to bring players that they might not help us opening day, but you know you're going to have to lean on them throughout the course of the season, and the impact that they have on winning that one game could mean a lot to us. You know, Zach Eflin being brought in is a guy that's worked in a bunch of different roles over the years. What role do you see him in mostly, and might it change as the season moves its course? Yeah, I think we're pretty cemented. Hand him the ball every fifth day. Uh, let him start. You know, he had an injury last year. He played on a World Series team with the Phillies. Came back, worked really hard just to do anything he could to help. He goes into the back end of the bullpen, some close, closed out some games. He reduced his pitch mix a little bit. All that's going to go back to the starting role where all the the weapons that he has are going to be of use. Um, And we'll we'll just gauge the workload kind of month by month. But we are so excited to have Zach join what we consider a pretty talented starting staff. It just makes us that much thicker. And I think, as you said yesterday in the the, uh, meeting with the media, we're not asking Zach Eflin to go out there and be the new number one or the lead guy or anything, just kind of, you know, merge in the traffic, be part of this rotation, uh, do what you're capable of doing, nothing more, nothing less, because when you look at that rotation, you've got uh, Shane McClanahan, who started the All-Star game last year and was one of the best pitchers in the American League. Drew Rasmussen uh, almost threw a perfect game uh, during uh, one of his starts in 2022. Uh, You know, Jeffrey Springs did what he did, and uh, it it worked to be able to pick up a multi-year contract. Oh, and by the way, a healthy Tyler Glass now is pretty darn good, too. Yeah, I, I like your word, merge. If he can merge into that group uh, and and not stick out, man, we are really fortunate to have uh, those five guys. It's a super talented bu- bunch. Kyle and I are going to work really hard to make sure that they get the right build up here in spring. 
even build up a little bit into that first month that we've got them for the season that they, they, we, we've got a lot riding on, on, on keeping them available every five days to us. Rays have gotten famous in some ways for using an opener, but uh, fewer openers. Do you think this year that starting five seems to be somewhat static? Yeah, I, I, I do think there'll be a little more uh, far and few between uh, the openers. I think we could, we could see someone we're trying to pick an extra day up for, you know, the entire time through the rotation. Uh, but if things go to plan, uh, we, we won't see that many openers. We're going to really lean heavily on, on our starters. What about the bullpen, Kevin? I mean, Jason Adam burst almost for, for us anyway, came out of nowhere. I mean, you know, we're watching spring training last year and we're thinking Jason Adam kind of intriguing. Hopefully he's the 26th or 27th man makes the team out of spring training. And then not only did he make the team, he just put together one of the more incredible years out of the bullpen that you'll ever see. And every time he took the ball, uh, he, he just got big out after big out. And that spot in game two of the uh, wild card, huh, I mean, my, my heart's starting to beat again with him coming in with the bases loaded and nobody out and getting out of that situation. A healthy Pete Fairbanks, a couple other guys that ho are hopefully healthy. Uh, Colin Boucher is a guy that uh, you know we lost toward the end of last season. Is is the bullpen depth where you like it, you know, right now, or or is that something that uh, is going to grow as maybe the the spring and the season goes along? Yeah, look, I, I feel really good about our bullpen, um, and I agree with what you thought about Jason Adam last year. Uh, I was right there in line with it, and he went out and just dominated. It has as good a season as any relief pitcher in baseball. Maybe we got another guy in this camp like that that we'll find out. That's where our, our guys are really good. The messaging from Kyle helps a lot of them. Uh, but, yes, the, the the guys that we can probably all assume and pencil in, you got to feel good about. Uh, you know, a lot of neutral that can get right-handed hitters, can get left-handed hitters. Uh, and they've experienced a lot of high leverage. Uh, we play in a lot of tight ball games. We play in some great atmospheres. Uh, those experience help our, you know, a very tight-knit group only get better. You know, the, this time last year, the race had like four guys coming off Tommy John. A bunch of them made it back and became – you know, obviously very important members of the team between Poche and, and numerous others. But because of that, there were some, and Jalen Beeks is another one that comes to mind. There were some pretty strict limits on, on, uh, on innings and pitches last year. Are there less guys limited this year coming in? I know Kittredge might be back at some point and, and a couple other guys. Are there fewer limits coming into this year for bullpen guys? Yeah, you know, we, we haven't talked about that. We, we're going to try to do everything we can to be mindful. We know we're a better team when we do everything we can to keep them healthy. Um, and I'm sure over this next six weeks leading into opening day, we'll have a better understanding of how the appropriate buildup, where that kind of that sweet spot is for them as far as their workload. Uh, that's where you, you trust Kyle and Jorge Moncada, our new bullpen coach, to really build those relationships and can have those conversations right now when it's a little bit more of a relaxed setting. Down to the last couple minutes with uh, Rays manager Kevin Cash in our countdown to opening day show. And always kind of intrigued when we get to uh, spring training in a new season is to see maybe some new faces. Curtis Mead, a guy that we've been hearing a lot about over the last couple of years. Taj Bradley, uh, another guy that uh, maybe one of the best young pitching prospects, not within the Rays, but within all of Major League Baseball. And then, again, maybe seeing some of the young guys, like you said, that may have stumbled, or like I said, may have stumbled a little bit out of the gate last year. Uh, let's see how Josh Lowe is maybe a year older, a year stronger, a year more prepared for the big leagues. Uh, and, and, and guys like, uh, you know, again, Vidal Brujan and Taylor Walls and 
And then, oh, yeah, by the way, a guy that I know you and I have had a lot of chats about over the last couple of years, uh, Luis Patino, a guy that we think when he's on his stuff, maybe could be one of the more electric pitchers in the game. All these guys are intriguing young players that could really take this team again to the next level if they perform up to their capabilities. Yeah, you're, you're right. And it just speaks volumes to, about how talented our, our farm system is, how talented our player development coaches and staff are, that year after year there's reason to be excited because we've, just, we've got just such an athletic group of position players, uh, uh, a group of pitchers that you know have learned to have success at the minor leagues, and we see how that transitions in the big leagues. Um, the guys that you're mentioning, I'm just as excited as our fans are to get to see them, you know, firsthand uh, in some of these games. And you never know how it shakes out. Uh, we might see them opening day. We might see them uh, in the middle of the season. But hopefully they all understand if they've watched us the last couple of years, we rely on on our depth. And, and, and there, there will be opportunities for some of those guys that you mentioned to really contribute to our club. And here as spring training is born, you're up at Disney for a couple of weeks, but then back to Tropicana Field. I'm curious because we've always been, you know, outside uh, in Port Charlotte with all the, the fields together, everybody together. Things will separate a little bit, I guess, once uh, you go back to Tropicana Field, but it probably gives you a controlled environment a little bit as well and gets the guys used to the turf and the field they're going to be playing on. So what will that change be like and what might be an advantage or two of playing spring training at Tropicana Field? Well, more reps for our young guys that haven't had the experience of uh, the dome. And like you said, the turf, I think that's only going to help us. Uh, Dan Moeller, our head's ground, head groundskeeper, and the staff from, from Port Charlotte have spent a lot of time at a local ballpark uh, where, where they've made it really nice where we can get over there and get outside, uh, take ground balls, take BP, run some live BPs. So we'll mix between uh, that ballpark and Tropicana um, and – it's an extra month in our own beds. I don't think too many people are going to mm-hmm. complain about that. No, and, and again, a lot, the, the, the people behind the scenes, like you said, Dan Moeller and a lot of the other guys have done a lot of heavy lifting here over the last several months to uh, go from uh, not being able to have spring training because of Hurricane Ian in Port Charlotte to set things up in Disney for a few weeks, to set things up at Tropicana Field, then to finish it out, and then to try to make all those transitions for yourself, for your staff, for these players as seamless as possible. And that's sometimes that's not really easy to do. And uh, I think I know you, you probably uh, have said it, just said it. You got to tip your cap to a lot of the work that went on behind the scenes to get to this point. No, no doubt about it. So appreciative of, you know, we, we just got a lot of good people in this organization, Dan Moeller, Mitch Lukovics, Tyler wall, our entire ATC trap uh, staff, what they have done to get this up and running. So appreciative of Disney and obviously very, our thoughts are still with uh, the community in Port Charlotte, but um, we have lucked out and a lot of hard work by many, many people. And I'll wrap it up for me by saying what excites you most about the group as they've gathered together uh, here for spring training? Uh, you know what I think that most excites me as we sit right now um, is maybe the, the, the headline of, of, you know, the offense. Um, it's out there. Let's see what these guys, uh, you know, kind of want to do about it. We've got the pieces to have a very productive offense. And so I'll see the motivation from that. Certainly watching, you know, Zach Eflin, a guy that we don't know well, that we think super talented, come in and join our our rotation is another thing. Well, I think it was Jason Adam who said, let's start at Disney and end at Disney. And uh, I I really, I like that quote. I don't know if that's going to end up on a wall at uh, Tropicana Field 
somewhere or maybe inside uh, the, the ballpark down there in Orlando. But uh, I, I like that idea. And we, we are starting at Disney and would love to end at Disney. And, Kevin, we really appreciate your time. Uh, as always, we look forward to chat with you. And uh, this was great. It's great talking baseball with you. And we'll see you uh, sometime next week, beginning actually on uh, the 25th when uh, the Rays take on the Twins in Fort Myers. But thanks for taking the time right now. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me, guys. Kevin Cash joining us here. And again, the Rays 2023 single game tickets are on sale now as you can witness your Rays match up against the Dodgers, Yankees, Braves, and more. Tickets start at just $10. Purchase at RaysBaseball.com. The 2023 season is presented by Bayfront Health. Again, thanks to Kevin Cash for joining us. Andy and I will be back with more of our Countdown to Opening Day show right after this on the Rays Radio Network. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. We are a mere 10 or so days away from the Rays beginning their spring training games, and we are a little over a month or so away from opening day of 2023. The Rays and the Detroit Tigers at Tropicana Field in this 25th anniversary season for the Tampa Bay Rays. This is our countdown to opening day radio show with Dave Wills. I'm Andy Freed, and we are now joined by team president Brian Ald. And uh, Brian, it's been a, an interesting offseason for you, certainly interesting for many of us involved with the Rays. I've thought of it almost like it's been a season unto itself, low points, high points, but ultimately here we are and uh, ready to go for technically year number 26 in terms of seasons, but the 25th anniversary season. It's going to be a special year, I think. Yeah, what an incredible opportunity. 25 years really makes us a, a baby by uh, Major League Baseball standards. Um, but we are coming into our own. There's so much to celebrate and uh, and a lot going on. Well, there was a lot going on uh, last weekend with the uh, the Super Bowl and that being over and now the beginning of baseball season with pitchers and catchers reporting just a couple of days ago and uh, getting their first workouts in in Orlando. And and then you have been kind of spearheading the Rays uh, uh, stadium efforts here in St. Petersburg and also been chatting a little bit with the folks over in Tampa. But, you know, I kind of found it interesting in watching what turned out to be, what, about a five-and-a-half-hour pregame show for a football game. And it's almost like we just wrapped up our pregame show as far as the stadium is uh, concerned. It seems like you were able to dot a lot of I's, cross a lot of T's, and that was just to get us maybe to the first inning. I mean, how are you what, – what's your thoughts on where we're at right now with the ballpark efforts in Tampa Bay to keep baseball here for many, many years to come? Yeah, you're not the only one searching for the, the right metaphor. I don't know if it's crossing T's. I don't know if football's right. I don't know if the yard lines or the innings or where we are, but – um, the, the good news is it is clear that, uh, on both sides of the Bay, everyone wants to make sure the Rays stay here for a very long time. And we took a big step in St. Pete just to confirm that, uh, we put together a really incredible vision for the historic gas plant district, um, honoring the, the history of the site, the African-American community, so many of our forebears along the way, uh, as part of that vision. And it gives us a real path forward to, to see a new ballpark built on the, on the trop site. But. Uh, a whole bunch needs to happen, as has always been the case. We've got to come up with a financing plan. We've got to formalize all the details. We've got to agree on all that with our partners at the city and county. And so there remains a long, a long, uh, a long way to go. At least there's a pathway now, though. We can see it. Um, we've got a 
you know, I would say roughly a year to get it all uh, hammered out and uh, everybody's working towards it. And that's the thing that, uh, that I find certainly very heartening. Do you get a sense that there's some more momentum now than maybe there hadn't been in some of the other projects that have, I mean, we can go back to 2007 and eight when there had been thoughts of perhaps having a ballpark uh, at the Al Lang site or the Ybor city uh, situation uh, several years back. This seems like though, this is momentum that has traction. Do you get that sense of from behind the scenes? I do, but uh, I've, I've been Charlie Brown with a football a few times, so uh, I am not going to count my chickens before they hatch. We're going to pay attention and make sure that we give every single step of the process all the attention it deserves. We're not going to assume anything. Um, and of course, that's why we're continuing to keep conversations open on both sides of the bay. We've got to you know, go after every single option available to us until we've got something set in stone that's concrete, uh, a shovel in the ground, so to speak, so that we know this team's going to be here for a very long time. I talk about, you know, whenever I can, the fact that we, we haven't spent the, for me, in the last 18 years, you know, the organization has now been here 25, building this fan base into something really special, building this organization into one that we're all so proud of. Um, we got to make sure it stays in Tampa Bay, where our fans are, where our employees are, where, where everybody cares about this team is. And, and, you know, again, what we're talking about possibly on the Tropicana Field site would be just such a unique situation i mean uh, we're talking about you know housing about uh, uh, hotels about museums about really being a partnership within the community more than just plopping down a brand new ballpark with another eight you know or 12 parking lots surrounding it this is going to be kind of meshed in according to what we've been able to see uh, from the heinz plans and some of the other things that we've been doing here behind the scenes i mean th this is really uh, kind of a, a maybe almost close to a one-of-a-kind situation with the partnership between the Rays, Hines, the, the city of St. Pete, the county of Pinellas, and everything that's going to come in hand, and the people that live there and the people that still live here now. Yes, sometimes sometimes you can make a couple mistakes and uh, and turn them into an opportunity. Um, that's, that's a lot of the way we view this organization. It's how we try to play the game of baseball. Um, and in retrospect, uh, building the trop uh, in the middle of a sea of parking um, proved to be a kind of outdated model. And we've seen what can happen when you have a, a really, truly urban ballpark that's integrated into the neighborhoods surrounding it. And that's what we have the opportunity to build here. Um, but we've got a, you know, nearly a hundred acre canvas to, to use as our, um, you know, to, to use in a, in a way that uh, is truly unique. You're not going to find that size parcel in the middle of any downtowns of cities, you know, uh, especially St. Petersburg anymore. So we're, we've taken that opportunity, our developers, our planners, um, everyone around it sees what it could really become. I think the city's gotten really excited about what it can become. Um, and we take the responsibility of informing how that all comes together really seriously. And it's also going to be a really inclusive process. We know we've got to listen to a whole lot of people to get it right. Um, we put our first foray out there. This is what we think it could be, but it's going to change a lot. And it's going to be, you know, a 20 year process before all is said and done. Before I leave this matter entirely, I do just want to remind everyone that we will have twice as many parking spots as we do now. <laughs> when all is said and done. So while a lot, well, there's going to be a lot of density. There's going to be a ton to do. We know that uh, people are still using their cars and they're going to need places to park. You just read my mind because uh, that's the number one question that we always get, uh, especially when you start to see buildings and different things on those parking lots or said parking lots that are there now. People start wondering, well, then where am I going to park? Where are we going to go? And I think the numbers, like you said, uh, show that there's going to be a few more spaces than what there are even now, but with a lot more things to do once you park said car and make your way toward the ballpark. 
Yeah, and the lots are going to be spread out, which is actually a lot more convenient and a lot faster. Uh, if you think about it, you, you kind of want people to all park in different areas and, and head out from there. If you walk the last five minutes to the ballpark, it's a, it's a much more efficient process and it creates a lot better community. So we got to get all that right. We've had some, uh, you know, great models to follow throughout Major League Baseball. You know, Major League ballparks are just special places. And because we play so many games, they drive development in a way that nothing else can. You know, we're going to have over a million people coming 81 times a year. Um, that's that's not something that any other activity produces. And Brian, the tough question that I know you have been asked many times and will continue, I'm sure, to be asked is the one that I, you know, I hear all the time. If a new raised ballpark is in a similar, if not almost same location, why should people expect a difference in terms of attendance? Because uh, we know that's been a, a major issue for this franchise. Why would it be different? moving forward in a similar location compared to what it's been? Well, I think you just have to look at the growth of the area as a whole. Um, wherever we go, we're going to be more confident than we would have been 10 years ago and certainly 20 years ago. Um, and then you got to believe in the organization. You know, we are building our fan base. COVID's been tough. Um, Florida's been hit particularly hard. You know, we, It's no secret that we have affordability issues here that are worse in Florida than anywhere else in the country. And that's going to hurt a business like ours, but we're going to get through to the other side. We're going to be a part of getting through to the other side. And let's not underestimate how important a new facility um, and, and the certainty that this organization is going to be here for a very long time may be to folks looking to buy season tickets and make those long-term commitments. All of it's pointing in the right direction. We know it's all going to move upwards. And if there's one thing I think our staff has proven over the years, it's that if you give us something that we can work with, we're not going to let it go to waste. So if we can get those few thousand more season ticket holders in the building, we're going to find out a way to keep them, make that experience really special for them. Um, and it's happening while St. Petersburg really grows into a, a true jewel of Florida too. So all of what I just said is really true on either side of the Bay. Um, we are, we are far more optimistic about attendance projections 10 years out than we might've been a few years ago. Um, but there are some uh, short-term economic uh, challenges we have to see our, our way through as well. Race uh, team president Brian all joining us here as we uh, count it down to opening day, as Andy said, uh, for our first uh, spring broadcast, less than 10 days away. And March 30th is opening day. And when you, you know, again, we've been focusing so much on the possibilities of a new park and what that could bring to St. Petersburg, to Tampa Bay, whatever the case may be. But uh, again, I think the trop takes so many unwarranted hits. Yes, it may not be some of those uh, beauties uh, that uh, are around baseball that have been built in the last. 15 to 20 years but again it's clean it's comfortable it's uh it's it's easy to get to it's 72 degrees and dry every day you know you're going to play and and while we are exploring options down the the road as far as a new ballpark is concerned Stu Sternberg and company are still putting some money into this particular ballpark including as we get ready for the 2023 season a shiny new video board that uh, has been uh, spruced up so we're not ignoring this ballpark while we're looking for new places. No, it's a great ballpark. And look, that's all part of the organization's success. Players want to be Tampa Bay Rays now. When I got here and we were the double Rays, that was not the case. Um, and it's the same thing, by the way, with the region. Young people want to move here, raise their families and start their careers. That also wasn't happening, right? You, you build something really special um, 
but to, to capitalize on it, you've got to show the players that, that you're invested, right? We've had to put work into the clubhouse. We've had to make sure we've got the best trainers on the planet. We got to make sure we're turning ball players into, into the best they could possibly be by maximizing their talents and putting them in the situation to be successful. But they also look around and want to be sure that the organization is treating its facility like a major league ball club should. And that's exactly what we do. Trump's a great place to watch a game. Um, anybody who comes here will tell you that uh, the new scoreboard is going to be really exciting. And we've got, better people programming that board than I think they do anywhere else in baseball. So you'll see exciting, fun stuff coming out of that too. Uh, the food options continue to improve. You know, we, we never stop with it, but um, I think you hit the nail on the head. What we've got is major league baseball. We got a clean, safe environment. That's easy to get to come on out, enjoy it. Um, and the more folks that come, the more confident all of us are going to be in making that investment about the next 30, 50 and hundred years of race baseball. Brian, can you take us behind the scenes on the thought process of $10 tickets? I mean, in, in today's day and age, that is as much of a steal uh, as you could probably get for your entertainment dollar. Uh, can you take us behind the scenes on what led to that and what the expectations are with that? And again, I, I didn't misspeak, $10 tickets to every race game this year. Yeah, we, affordability has always been very important to us. Um, the, the whole industry has been fighting a, a, a tough game against uh, ticket resellers. Uh, and what you really want to avoid is putting a bunch of $10 tickets on sale, having a broker buy them and sell them all for $50. Uh, and we've needed to advance the technology, improve some of our you know ticket lists and cash lists and ballpark app utilization is what's allowing us to put these more affordable tickets out there and make sure that they're going to our fans and not just generating profits for, for resellers. That's been a really key part of it. And that's informed a lot of how we've had to price our tickets over the years. Um, you, you'll notice like throughout baseball, sellout streaks are becoming a, a far less common thing. And part of that is because um, to really maximize attendance, sometimes what you got to do is sell tickets at slightly below the market clearing price. And when you've got um, other actors that are going in there, scooping up all those tickets and then, and then, you know, uh, making a profit on top of that, it just, it presents a, a, a challenge for having tickets as affordable as you want them to be. Um, again, this is not new. U2 has been dealing with this. Taylor Swift's dealing with this. You know, it's, it's something that the, the whole entertainment and ticketing industry is having to deal with, but we're really proud that we were able to put some technology behind this, Make sure that those ten dollars tickets go to, to go to our fans. We're going to be sitting in those seats, um, and we just want people out here. Uh, it's 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 always been the case. Um, the the constant challenge that the the Rays have is that we do need every single dollar that we can generate to try to compete on the field, and so we um, can't really uh, avoid trying to maximize revenues because those revenues would translate to the ever increasing payroll and give us that chance to, you know, go up head to head against teams that are signing players to, to deals that are more than our entire payroll. Right. Um, it's not getting any easier. Yankees aren't going away. Blue Jays now Orioles are coming on. And so we've, we've got, I think the hardest division in sports to compete within. And we've always got to make sure that we protect that revenue side while also making sure we also hang on to the fact that affordability is, is really a core value of ours too. You know, as we also come into the season, as Andy said, it's our 25th anniversary season. We've got a lot of things going on. I know there was a big announcement uh, earlier in the day from our uh, communication staff about uh, some of the things that we're going to be celebrating here during this 25th anniversary season, including a trio going in to the uh, newly created uh, Rays Hall of Fame with uh, Wade Boggs, who, again, uh, was one of the biggest names. They'll put this team on the map back uh, in the late 1990s. And then Don Zimmer, who was, uh, again, just such a special part of this organization for many, many years. And then maybe the first real superstar on this team, uh, Carl Crawford. So that trio is going into a Hall of Fame, and that's just a, a, a little 
scratches to what we're really going to be doing and celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Tampa Bay Rays and Devil Rays. I know, you know, we all started in 2005, and uh, when we got to the Rays in 2008, I think we all wanted to push the Devil Rays uh, brand as far away as possible. But now, lately, we've been really kind of uh, trying to, to embrace it, and I think the fans have uh, really taken to embracing it, too. I see all kinds of Devil Rays brands uh, out there and about in the Tampa Bay area, and uh, we're going to be wearing the Devil Rays uniforms. I think I saw 14 times. It's really going to be a fun-filled season for the fans who were there from the beginning and the fans who have been joining us here lately. There is no question. We've had so many great players come through. I mean, Boggs, Zimmer, and Crawford are, are just three people that all three of us could probably tell 35 stories about uh, on our own. Not only were they incredible baseball guys, but just just storyteller human beings. And, uh, I, you know, the, the chuckles come to my mind just thinking about each of them. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's going to be absolutely wonderful to honor all of them. Um, we're also going to, you know, have uh, pay, pay tribute to a lot of just the incredible moments that have happened over the last 25 years. I always think about the, the pandemic season in 2020 and that if, for you to get either the Brasso or the Brett Phillips moment, you know, with Randy or Rosarina falling down rounding third in a season is in, in a, in a 10 year period is a baseball experience that you should just feel incredible about. And we got two of them in one year. We, you know, of course there's game 162. There's that 08, all, all the, all the craziness that happened along the way there when we're going from, from worst to first, um, the, the number of moments have been nothing short of cheese. Dan Johnson has like five moments that, you know, some teams <laughs> don't have in a decade. Uh, all of that, celebrating it all, uh, a lot of the weirdness of, of what race baseball is, a lot of the forward thinking, a lot of the, the urge to try new stuff and the players buy into it all is, is all something we really want to celebrate. Um, I'm really I'm really pumped for it because I think uh, we don't give our fans enough to puff their chest up about as, as we might. And there's sure been a lot. I mean, we have won a lot of baseball games and had a lot of great talent come through this organization over that 25 years. Uh, in line with what Dave was saying, I'm curious, did it catch the organization off guard about how much the nostalgia of the early days of the franchise has created some traction? Um, you know, those were not great days <laughs> on the field. It was before, you know, predates us. Uh, but from an outsider looking in, mm -hmm. it was not a particularly successful franchise for the first, oh, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years or so. And yet, I think the uniforms, the early uniforms have called on way more than I expected them to. And I'm curious if behind the scenes, uh, if, you, if those in the front office have been surprised how much that uh, the nostalgia and the early days of the franchise really has kind of called on with the modern day fan of the race. Yeah, I, I would have to say, yeah, I'm at least a little surprised. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like we were the ones right. who thought those early uniforms were maybe not the best. That was... Oh, yeah, they were the subject of late night fodder. Uh, there were a lot of people that thought they were absolutely absurd. Um, I will say, I think that our, our uniform folks and our creative team has kind of taken that uniform, made some really subtle tweaks to it that make mm -hmm. it so much better. Um, but, you know, you see people rocking the old stuff unchanged, too. Uh, and I think some of that is, too, to not to not to harp on this again, but like Tampa Bay has come into its own in the last 25 years also. And there's a lot of like pride about I was around then and. This is my hometown now. Um, there's a there's an identity, and so much of it is sports based. This Champa Bay thing that, uh, you know, at least for me personally, ten years ago, I remember thinking like looking around like, who are we? What do we stand for? You know, you could you could speak to kind of a personality of of a New York or a Boston or a Philadelphia. Now I feel like you can really talk to a Tampa Bay persona too, and uh, some of those nostalgic uh, 
uniforms really speak to it. it you see it with the with the creamsicle uniforms of the Buccaneers too, another franchise that did exactly crush it back when they were wearing those <laughs> uniforms. So uh, I think there's some part of like, yeah, we we're we're nobody's. Uh, I don't know what the term would be. Nobody's pushing us around anymore. Yep. Uh, and, and we can wear these things with a newfound source of pride as opposed to just being the butt of a lot of jokes. We're not the homecoming opponent anymore. No, we're the uh, we're yeah. the team that you don't want to face. We are right no now. longer I mean, yeah, the, the Washington Generals going up against right. the Globetrotters, right? Um, we we got to wrap it up here in a second. And and we've here we are just a couple of days away. We haven't even touched on FanFest yet, but we're bringing that back after a couple-year hiatus. And that'll be this Saturday at Tropicana Field. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, th- there's going to be lots of old school race stuff that you can get five bucks as a, as a donation to the foundation. So you're supporting a great cause and, and walking away with some really cool stuff. Uh, lots of things going on in the main stage. All the mascots are going to be there. The players are excited to be back. You'll be in our spring training facility this year, right? So there's a, a whole bunch of new and exciting opportunities to experience things that we had before pre-pandemic and uh, that we're definitely bringing back. And um, you show up at FanFest, you're going to find out you guys, I'm guessing, will be there. Uh, you just get to see how accessible the entire organization is. Um, you know, Stu's probably walking around, mingling with people. You'll see our broadcasters, our players. And one of the really special things about having a Major League Baseball team and a market our size is that it can be really personal to all our fans. And FanFest is a great way to experience that. So it is, Brian. FanFest, as you know, coming up. What do you want fans to know in terms of how to uh, be involved with it? We know it's a free event. What can you tell us? First of all, it's free, free parking, free ticket, though you do have to register with the ballpark app. Make sure you do that. Uh, you'll get a chance, I believe, to see some of the 25th anniversary stuff unveiled. Uh, understand you know, what's going on with the Hall of Famers among that. Uh, season ticket holders and any fans can sign up for the autograph opportunity. Uh, I think it's, it's cheaper if you're a season ticket member than not, but we'll have a bunch of guys signing there. Um, and then so many of our corporate partners and community partners will be around just kind of speaking to what they do in the, in the area too. It's, it's really just a fun day, great way to get excited about the baseball season and, and to experience all that's going on. My, my kids are, you know, it's hard, hard to drag them away after, after even hours and hours of it. Um, plus great food. You'll, uh, you'll get to try out all the new stuff that's going to be in the trap this year and, uh, and see what Levy's conjured up for us all. Well, looking forward to it, no doubt about it. And, uh, again, it's going to be fun to see everybody. It's like uh, kind of the open house before school starts. We'll get a chance to see a lot of people we haven't seen for several months. And, uh, uh, Brian, again, thank you for taking the time to join us here on this uh, Thursday night. And we look forward to seeing you Saturday and many, many times uh, through the month of March and into the 25th anniversary season. Thanks, and uh, keep on keeping on. I know it's been a very busy off season for you and will continue to be uh, during the regular season as well. But uh, thanks for taking the time to join us. Great. And I would just say, let let us worry about this ballpark. We're going to get it figured out. Uh, your, your political leaders and, and your raised team is, is on it. Um, don't sleep on this baseball team. It is so special to come into a season with with World Series aspirations and uh, coming off multiple playoff berths in a row and, and to have Glassnell McClanahan at the top of this rotation. There is there's just so much to be really excited about. Um, not a lot of fan bases get to feel this way. So I want to make sure everybody takes that opportunity, feels good about it, come on out and uh, and, and experience great baseball because it's uh, it's not it's not a uh, thing you should take for granted. We're going to be good. I keep telling everybody, we're going to be good, and we're looking forward to it. Brian, thanks again. Thank you, guys. And that is race team president Brian Ald here on this race countdown to opening day. And uh, don't forget that you don't have to miss a pinch during this 2023 season with the race season membership. With either a traditional or flexible plan, you'll have an option that best fits your needs visit racebaseball.com slash season membership 
The 2023 season is presented by Bayfront Health. With Dave Wills, I'm Andy Freed. We are counting down to opening day, March 30th. The Rays hosting the Detroit Tigers in spring training. Not only is right around the corner, it is in fact here. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Neil Solons. Dave and Neil and I will chat more about the Rays in just a moment on your home of the Rays. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. We are now joined uh, by Neil Solons, who uh, is part of our broadcast as well. Neil, you'll hear him do the pregame postgame, and he's going to be doing some play-by-play with us during the 2023 season as well. And Neil, uh, well, Andy and I are, uh, you know, we don't report until <laughs> whenever we want, but no, I'm just kidding. We'll be there sometime <laughs> uh, next week, and then obvi- obviously for the game on the 25th. But Neil uh, made his way over to Orlando for uh, the first workout today. And Neil, uh, first of all, uh, good to talk with you again. And uh, secondly, uh, anything kind of just, did it feel a little different uh, that it's in Orlando and instead of uh, Port Charlotte, what was, what was your initial take on how things have gone here for the first uh, couple of days? I think all things considered pretty smoothly. You know, I, I do think it's it's obviously different when you're used to the same thing year after year for, you know, more than a decade. It's going to have a, a different feel to it. But I thought all things considered, uh, it went fairly smoothly. And you also have a larger camp than normal. I, I can't remember being at a big league camp where you had 80 players, but it's also a world baseball classic season. So there are going to be 12 players and a number of staff who are going to be out at various times. So I think for all those reasons, so far, so good, and hopefully it stays that way for the next six weeks. Neil, who are some of the young players that you want to see? We all want to see Mead and Bradley, and those are the two that stand out, Mason Montgomery and and several others. But who are the the players, as you're so well-versed in the Rays farm system, that might get a chance to, to get a look-see here in spring training for a couple of weeks and maybe in other camps they might not have been? Well, I definitely think Mason Montgomery's in guy and already was minor league pitcher of the year in his first full year in the organization. And then the other guy who jumps off the page is Kyle Manzardo. I mean, here's a guy who also first full year, you're talking 21 draft and he ascended all the way to the double a level. And people are always already starting to talk about how good he can be. And, you know, we don't know where the Rays are going to go long-term at first base. He definitely could be considered an option. Um, and at least he gives you a glimpse or a glance at what he possibly can be. And, and Neil, as we do look ahead to this 2023 season, you know, a lot of people, as we talk about it a little bit later on with uh, Rays manager, or we earlier with Rays manager Kevin Cash, people look back at 2022 with a little sense of disappointment. But mm-hmm. uh, I think right now, when you look back at it here the last couple of years, I get the feeling that some of these players feel like they left some chicken on the bone. They had good regular seasons, but they got to the postseason, didn't do what they wanted to do. I definitely feel from chatting with a lot of core guys, it's a it's a motivated group for sure. 
And I think for for this team to take uh, the steps it needs to going forward, I think they're going to have to carry that over. And probably more than that, they're going to need health. Uh, you know, I think you probably touched on it with Kevin, but if Wander and, and Brandon Lau play 130-plus games, this team can go a long way. If not, it's going to be a whole lot harder. And it's every year we say health, 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 and every year this team throws out 65 players, 40 pitchers, and yet somehow, some way gets to the postseason. Well, wish you health and happiness, Neil. We'll see you down in Orlando or over in Orlando or up in Orlando uh, sometime probably next week. And then as part of the broadcast throughout the month of uh, last part of February and into March. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Appreciate it. You got it. And we'll see you at FanFest this weekend. Well, this has been the first edition of the Rays Countdown to Opening Day Show. And the producer of our show is Chris Miller, our associate producer, Becca Carney, our production assistants, Alex Fuse and Parker Welch. Also, thanks to Chris Mathis back at our studios for putting everything together and again we'll be back uh, next weekend when the Rays are in Fort Myers getting ready to take on the Minnesota Twins don't forget Fan Fest coming up this Saturday as well now for my broadcast partner Andy Freed and for Neil Solons I'm Dave Wills once again this has been the Rays Countdown to Opening Day Show on the Rays Radio Network thank you for listening to Countdown to Opening Day one ball two strikes the pitch swing and a line drive down the right field line to the corner If you missed any of the show, download it at RaysBaseball.com slash radio. That might be Randy Rosarena's biggest hit of the 2022 season. Opening day will be here before you know it. Swing and a miss. He struck him out in the Rays win. For tickets, visit RaysBaseball.com. 